Not only is everything not okay, nothing is okay. Linda said she was planning to end our thing. Nobody wants to live alone. For two weeks, we are locked together here. You know, you think I'm so happy and normal. No, I, I'd never accuse you of being happy and normal. Because I'm not! I've been furloughed. Now there is literally zero purpose to my life. I'm going to get provisions. We need milk, bread. Wait, how many asses have you got? Piss off. The nice people that I fired, they were fired because of me. It's not about the virus, it's about who I am and what I do for a living. You fired them well. Thank you. Is that a glass of wine? Yes, yeah, it is. Fussing with plastic cards should be a thing of the past. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the wallet app, and you're good to go. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row, all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one moment, and available lounge seats that unwind you the next, Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hello and welcome to TV Concierge, a ringer podcast about things that you can stream at home. I am Amanda Dobbins. I am joined today by Juliette Lippman. We are the co-hosts of Jam Session, among other podcasts here at The Ringer. Juliette, hello. Hi. You and I are here today to talk about lockdown, which is a pandemic, quarantine, romantic comedy, maybe, we'll discuss it, directed by Doug Lyman and starring Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor. It is streaming, it went direct to HBO Max, and it is available, and you and I both watched it. Juliet, tell me your thoughts. I enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie ever, but I had a good time. I feel like it's above average for a straight-to-streaming movie, Mm -hmm. and and I don't know. I, I think I'd recommend it. I was like, if you've got some time this weekend, which I think most people do, I recommend it. I, I, I really do. What did you think? I agree with this. I was saying to our producer, Kaya, before we started, it was better than I expected. And I guess I should say a little bit of what I expected, which is also a little bit what the movie is about. So this is a movie about a couple played by Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor, or they were a couple and they've just broken up and they are in lockdown together in their home in London. And it is about lockdown and the experience of being in lockdown and their relationship in lockdown. And then the fact that they decide to uh, rob Harrods. So it's a lockdown movie that becomes a heist movie. And even in the trailer, there was a lot of Zoom elements and production, you know, quarantine tinge stuff. And I have to be honest, having been in lockdown myself for almost a year and no personal end in sight, I can't say I'm hungry for content about this moment. I felt the same way. I felt you know, the same way. You and I have talked a lot about, like, I miss production values. I, I look at Zoom enough for work. We're on Zoom right now. I've only seen you via Zoom for, like, the past <laughs> year, literally. You look great. It's a Thanks treat every you. day for me when I see you. But, like, I don't need it in my movies. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, 
I, I like that they tried lockdown, yeah. but like, am I going to like this? And I did. Yeah, I did too. It's funny you bring that up because this movie, as you said, in- involves a lot of Zoom, but it also involves a lot of normal, like 4K uh, camera work. Mm-hmm. And it's such a relief. And there's a lot of quick cuts between the Zoom screen and like the normal camera. Honestly, my eyes feel rev- like relieved like my whole body feels like a visceral relief when they go to regular camera footage i don't know what that is i don't know if it's like some kind of like pavlovian response of like trauma but i or it's just like you know doesn't look as good but i like i think back to forgetting sarah marshall when the video calls were like a gimmick between bill Hader and jason siegel and like that was like funny and like here we are like almost 15 years later i'm just like if i never see another video call represented in a TV show or a movie, it'll be too soon. Like I, I just can't handle it, but the movie surmounts that problem. I will say. <laughs> I would go as far to say also that I do think for the most part, it uses the zoom calls cleverly. Like yes. I, it, and, in the, and fairly sparingly. Fairly. Yeah, it's a little much in the beginning because they're trying to establish, okay, you're in lockdown and there is that oppressive feeling. And I think when we were starting it and there was just that, extended phone call with the brother played by Dulé Hill. I was like, I I don't know. I don't want no more zoom. And then it balances out and they do use it pretty well. But I like, I think my reaction was just like yours. I I've spent too much time on it. It's like a traumatic association. Never again. Do I need to see a zoom? Whatever. I feel like the rest of the lockdown aspect of it was pretty good. I mean, a large part of this movie is two people talking or yelling at each other in a house. And then they conference other people in and kind of yell at those people. It's primarily, it's dialogue. I think they they filmed this with, in 18 days, I believe, like with a, a small amount of crew, they did try to like film at distance. All of the cameos from people like Ben Stiller and Mindy Kaling and are done like via video. But it's like mostly people talking, which makes sense because of quarantine. And also that there's like a long history of movies of like people talking. Yes. And um, I feel like this is a great time to mention. I felt like Anne Hathaway just absolutely nailed her exposition responsibilities. She was tasked with a lot of like explaining, which is, I Mm -hmm. guess the definition of exposition. And I thought she did a really good job. And for some reason I felt like personal pride that Anne Hathaway did a good job with that. So you want to talk a little about the performances? I would um, love to. Because it is, it rests on Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway and what they go through as a couple. It's like sort of a mini who's afraid of Virginia Woolf just between two people. And instead of inviting like two other people in, they decide to rob a department <laughs> store. But, you know, which you got to do what you got to do. But like the first hour is pretty involved. I like thought they were both fantastic and especially Anne Hathaway. I completely agree. I completely agree. I also like to think of Chiwetel Ejiofor as playing the same role that he played in Love Actually, and like this is his second wife, and <laughs> and and now he Does, is wait, unemployed. Wait, hold on, hold on. Does that mean that Kira Knightley ran away with Sign Guy? Maybe I don't know. Okay. I don't know if that's a good choice for anyone. <laughs> and like n- no healthy relationships, which is how Chiwetel Ejiofor and Anne Hathaway end up in the situation they're in at the beginning of this. But anyway, continue. I, for some reason, I just felt like it was a similar character. Maybe it's because, you know, this movie had like a real like vibe to it that just reminded me of like a London set movie, which Love Actually is kind of like the er London film at this point. 
Okay. Um, I'm sure um, many. I'm sure many people do not agree, including the Notting Hill fans. But like to me, okay. it's really up there. <laughs> okay. How about like the Ur London film starring Chutel Ejiofor? Sure. Okay. I accept. Even there, it's probably like not even in the top five. But like, continue. <laughs> anyway, I just felt like that he. He was like on a, a level. I mean, you certainly watch more of his movies than I do, but I just felt like he was playing a role that I like haven't really seen him play and maybe since Love Actually. And so I was like, I was very into it. And like, I'm just an unabashed Hathahead. I like Anne Hathaway. I just really liked being in the presence of movie stars again. Mm. And they like are real movie stars. They have that something on screen. They're great actors. There's one scene when Anne Hathaway is recounting like a trip that she took to Paris pre-lockdown. And there are a lot of details in it. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember all of them. This script is written by Stephen Knight. And I thought it's actually, it's a very smart script and it has like a lot of details and asides and like talkiness that I um, associate with rom-coms and like very much, but I don't remember all the details. She's fantastic in that scene. Like I, I was literally like, wow, that's some of the best acting that I've seen this year. And that's like a lot of that has to do with, I haven't seen very many movies this year. And I definitely haven't seen very many movie stars because all the movie stars, especially all of the big movies with like the big names got delayed. So part of this, I was just like, I'm glad to have some stars back in my life. Yeah. She's really good. I feel like I take Anne Hathaway for granted. I don't know. I I just thought she was like fantastic. He's really good too, but I I felt like her part was kind of less fun. He Mm -hmm. had like a little bit of like a slapstick vibe to him in that like first hour. And meanwhile, she's sort of like, you know, her character has to fire people over Zoom. And that's like, wait, that's just like not particularly fun, but she did a, a great job. I don't know. She's, she did wonderfully. Also, I mean, this is the part where we talk about their home, right? Their actual house was like so oh, yeah. amazing. And like seeing these two, two celebrities in a London house that I'd be happy to live in was also really exciting. I did have a lot of questions about the renovation because it was clearly an older home that had been renovated. There is like one, it, it's a funny scene when, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character briefly interacts with some people who have showed up in their backyard um, to pick the flowers that um, are how you make heroin. They're like poppies or flowers or something. And they're they're talking about like, oh, a lot of hippies used to live here in the 70s. That must have been what happened. They planted these. So it's been a renovated home. Anne Hathaway's bedroom seems like, you know, a pre-war situation. The downstairs is very modern. I like, I just had some questions about continuity. Sure, sure, sure. That makes, that's fair. I, but in some ways it also like fit them, right? Like it kind of fit like the disjointed couple vibe as yeah. well. But yeah, they, they were just like both really fun. Yeah. Is it a rom-com? I'm going to go with no. Okay. But one of the reasons why it's sort of like an interesting movie is because it has a lot of the kind of touch points of rom-com, which you referred to, like the kind of talkiness and sort of the, couple forced to be together, but they're having relationship problems. Like there's so much related to rom-coms that are present in this movie, but ultimately I'm going, no. What did you think? Okay. Uh, But can you explain your decision? Yeah. I just, I guess I just felt like the calm piece was not played up enough for me. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's a comedy. Yeah, so it's it's a comedy issue. I mean, this is, I think this is like a smart script and there are clever, like funny moments, but it's not like ha ha funny. Yeah. 
Yes. These are people in distress in the middle of a global crisis, and they're like working through it. And the way that they work through it is very chatty. But I, you know, it it can be stressful at times. That again, the Hughes Afraid of Virginia Wolf vibes like are there, and also they're in a pandemic. And if you have also been in lockdown, you might also find it stressful. I found like the passage of time in this movie to seem like lockdown, by which I mean, I wouldn't say it was the best paced movie that I've ever seen. It just kind of kept going and going. But anyway, that has nothing to do. I don't think it's a rom-com either. But for me, it's not because of the comedy. It's because I'm a very strict, here's what a romantic comedy is. Two people. Specific structure. like, Like have a meet cute, but aren't together at the beginning. And then at the end, they are together. And this is pretty close because technically they aren't together at the beginning. Though in another way they are. And, you know, by the end, they are again. I guess sort of, hmm, now I'm thinking a little bit about this because there are a lot of the old 40s romantic comedies that are like the remarriage rom-coms where it's like people who are divorced who do get back together. All right, I'm, wow, revising my opinion, (laughs) live on air, locked down, is a romantic comedy. The other thing I was going to say is like, even if it isn't technically a romantic comedy, which I now think it is, I don't mind it being described because of what you said. It hits all the hallmarks. And also we just like, we got to claim more movies for romantic comedies. I feel like it's a a quantity thing. Yeah. And and I think also to your point, like while I was watching it, and not only did I feel like I was watching a continuation of, of True Intelligence Force character from Love Actually, I was like this Anne Hathaway performance reminds me of The Intern, which is another movie I really like, and I really liked Anne Hathaway in. And so I felt like there was a like, continuation there, which, of course, like I'm also just like bringing my own biases to what I see. But, you know, like, we, we can only be who we are. And um, I, so I do think like there's just, there's heavy elements of it. And, um, you know, you mentioned Stephen Knight, who wrote the movie. He also is the writer creator of Peaky Blinders, one of my personal faves. But also like, the creator who wants to be a millionaire and involved in like such disparate pieces of television and movie culture, which I think is one of the reasons why it's like a little hard to put your finger on the genre because like, he just is like a really versatile screenwriter and thinker. I don't, I don't know if you would say that he's a screenwriter who wants to be a millionaire, but I think that contributes to like why this is sort of like a, a, a fascinating watch. That's a great segue into our final topic of discussion, which is the heist, the Herod's heist, because like we've spent all this time talking about it. And the (laughs) second half of this movie, it becomes a heist movie. Now, like how successful that part of the movie is depends on your willingness to suspend belief about how the Herod's security system works, how any sort of management of jewels or, you know, outside security system works, how vaults work or, you know, the goodness of people, which is like a lot of different things all at once. But it does, it is a genre mashup, this movie. Um, 100%. What did, you, what did you think of the Herod's Heist? I'm going to be honest. Couldn't quite follow it. And I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I also had to watch the reveal in Ocean's Eleven many times to really understand that heist <laughs> as well. So maybe the problem is me. But it didn't completely track for me. I'm going to be honest. This is not... A Soderbergh level movie heist. That's okay. 
And there is nothing like a Soderbergh movie heist, in my personal opinion. He's number one for me. Ocean's Eleven, it rules. And I too, Juliet, like where exactly that when they bring in like the fake bags of money and where that is in the timeline, I always have to watch. Thank it a you times. so much. I, Thank I'm you. With you. But also, to me, there's nothing more satisfying in movies than when Soderbergh does that. Like now, let me just recap and tell you exactly yeah. how we did it. Even if and he it, it moves very quickly. No pacing problems in Soderbergh movies. Yeah, I sort of followed this and I kind of, I liked the resolution at the end, which was like, they did totally screw it up. And she just had to call on like a friend to be like, help me screw the system. And he was like, sure. I mean, that's a nice message. Why not? You know? And then they each get a million dollars and a million dollars to the NHS though. The movie doesn't follow up on how the NHS gets the million dollars. And I just want to make sure that happens. Um, I don't think that it's a great playbook for doing a heist in real life. But I thought it was cool that they actually filmed at Harrods, like, which is, you know, they're there. They're in, like, the food hall. They're down below. I think at some point, I I think um, Doug Lyman gave an interview that they're in the vault. But, you know, like, the underworkings. That's pretty cool. And that's the opposite of lockdown, right? Like, suddenly you get to do these cool things in in Harrods. And, you know, I, I, I like that they tried. I think it's fun. A rom-com heist movie, sign me up, even if it doesn't hit, like, everything perfectly. May I ask you a question about a film I have not seen? Yes. Oh, no, what if I haven't seen it? I'm pretty sure you have. How does this relate or, like, have any interplay with another Doug Lyman joint, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I definitely thought about it. I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a really underrated movie about marriage. And I just also want to say, like, that has... Well, I, of course it has some personal stuff, but I don't know. My husband's going to get mad at me. I'm very happy in my marriage, <laughs> but I think it is like a very insightful and like funny movie about the, like those counseling scenes that Brad and Angelina I have, do. I haven't They're seen kind it. Of, you've never seen Mr. And Mrs. No, Smith? I, I couldn't. I was staunch team Jen, so I could never see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But now perhaps <laughs> 16 years later, I'm ready. Okay. So for anyone who wasn't there, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is where uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie met. And then very shortly thereafter, the, the Brangelina began. Um, and directed by Doug Lyman, which is why I brought it Doug up. Lyman. Yes. Yes. I can't believe you've never seen it. It's I know. on TV all the time. And it's really, really rewatchable. Okay. I'm gonna, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll report it's back. A, it's silly, especially the last third. It's like, what even is happening? But there are some pretty good there are things where like, I remember the set pieces and you know me, like most action scenes, I'm just like, I don't know, fast forward, fast yeah. forward, fast forward. I don't care. And they're pretty fun, especially the one at their very nice home. Some, some good uh, movie real estate also for you, Juliet. <laughs> I think you should see it. But anyway, I do think kind of like that sparring the tension in the marriage between the two is similar. And I did think of Mr. and Mrs. Smith a little bit while watching this. I also just recommend Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm going to watch everyone. it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I I, I was watching this. I was like, I should really check out Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Finally. Now is the time. So, (laughs) you know, I think that's great. Two movie recommendations for the price of one on this TV concierge. Lockdown. Check it out. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So there you go. You got it. HBO Max. Sign up now if you have it. This is is just an advertisement for them. That's where to find this film. (laughs) It's like pretty much all the only place you can see movies now. So enjoy it. For Juliette Littman, I'm Anna Dobbins. This has been TV Concierge, and we will be back later this week.
This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.